Hello, and welcome to the 18th episode of the 18 Yards Podcast. Today's episode is the third and final part of our big Euros preview. I have with me Ari, and we'll be going through all eight teams in both the groups. We'll be talking about the players to watch, the big fixtures to watch, and casting a light on some of the dark horses for each group and maybe for the tournament and some of the outside favorites for the tournament. Um, let's get right into it, Ari. Um, let's let's start with Group C because I think that's a, sort of the uh, quicker and less exciting group, although it does have some good players and some good teams. It's not as exciting as Group A, which is my personal favorite. Um, so let's get straight into it. Um, why don't you tell us what you're looking forward to and um, what are some of the teams and players that you're, you've got your eye on? See, I'm, I'm just looking at the group right Right now, I'm looking at the teams that are in this group. And you know, the team that really catches my eye is Netherlands. Uh, obviously, they won't have Virgil van Dijk with them for the Euros. And yesterday, it was confirmed that even Donny van der Beek won't be making the Euros because of an injury. But still, I think Netherlands have enough quality to do well, not only in this group, but in this entire tournament, especially, you know, in attack when, where they have Memphis Depay, who's, who's a player that I really, really like. Uh, and... Uh, you know, this group, I think Netherlands are the only clear winners in my opinion in this group. And uh, obviously, you know, Ukraine, Austria, both of these teams are, you know, uh, more uh, towards an average side. But I see them challenging between themselves for a second place finish. And being and this being North Macedonia's first ever major tournament. And, you know, it's a very small country with absolutely no history of football. Uh, I don't see North Macedonia doing much, but uh, obviously, you know, it's the, it's an underdog team. And if, if it does well, I think everyone in the entire world, except Ukraine, Netherlands and Austria, uh, would be happy. Right. So, so you know, I mean, even I'm, I'm, I'm looking at some of the teams in the group and, and North Macedonia is, is uh, sort of my pick to follow in this group because I, you know, everyone, I like everyone, uh, love an underdog story. You've got Goran Pandev, who's basically been around forever. Um, and, you know, they had that amazing victory over Germany, I think, in the March international period. Um, so who are you looking at in terms of players to watch out for? I mean, for example, Ukraine. I am really interested to see how uh, Zinchenko fits in in midfield, you know, because he does play at central midfield for for Ukraine. And, you know, I mean... Pep's new system at City has accommodated that as well. Um, so, so what are some of the other players that you're looking at from from some of the other teams? Uh, there's this particular player who plays for uh, Atlanta in the Serie A. Uh, he, he's a Ma- Malinovsky. Uh, he's considered to be a good player, and you know I haven't seen him much, and I'm looking forward to seeing him how he performs. Uh, at the tournament and obviously Zinchenko is a player that I really admire playing for City you know he stepped up especially in the run to the Champions League final he's the captain and obviously he's a player to look out for in this particular Ukrainian team and obviously I'm most excited to see Real Madrid's latest signing David Alaba uh, how he captains his team in this how he captains Austria and how he plays you know he's a very versatile player so I won't be surprised if he's playing in defence if he's playing as an attacking midfielder if he's playing as a central holding midfielder. You know, he's very versatile. So I'm really excited to see how he plays at the big 
at the one of the biggest stages in football and you know just to get an idea of what he's going to bring uh, in uh, at uh, in the Madrid right now uh, let's quickly have a look at netherlands um i am not a big actually before we have a look at netherlands i want to comment a little bit about ukraine's coaching team they've got shevchenko who's obviously the legendary striker and they've got um tasotti who is who is shevchenko's assistant and was a, a great uh defender for ac milan now having looked at some of their results and having looked at the way ukraine play i'm a little worried about ukraine going forward um defensively they're good but they haven't really produced goals i think yamolenko hasn't been able, hasn't been a good signing since he got to west ham there was a lot of hype around him before west ham signed him but he really hasn't proved his worth so i'm not too sure uh, or keen on ukraine and i uh, i i do think that they'll either come third they'll come third simply because north macedonia is uh, isn't good enough and they sort of the the i think they are the lowest ranked at at the euros so netherlands going into this tournament you know i'm not really convinced by their manager uh, frank de boer um they do have a good young core to their to their side but you know i'm not i'm not so sure about their chances i mean this is not the netherlands team that lit up the 2014 world cup the 2010 world cup and sort of has been consistent in international tournaments over the years i do think that they will get through this group pretty comfortably but simply because ukraine and north macedonia are not good enough to challenge them uh, and austria to push either of those teams into in, into third or fourth place um i do think that they will be challenged hard for uh, first place in group c by a very well balanced and well drilled austrian side um and austria does have some very good players and i watched them play versus england last week and they looked really really well balanced and 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 they looked like a team that could cause uh, a team like netherlands problem uh, a problem so what do you think i mean who do you think netherlands should rely on i mean how do you see netherlands tournament going at least in the early stages yeah i just you know that's just one player that they have who is absolutely brilliant you know he's been scoring for lyon and you know he he scored what three to four goals in two uh, pre tournament friendlies right now uh, memphis depay i think he's a brilliant brilliant player on the verge of signing for barcelona and i think the entire country's hopes rest on his shoulders if he's playing well netherlands will walk this group and but you know a one player cannot he's not a type of player who can win you the tournament on his own right and i think that is exactly the reason why i don't see netherlands doing well in this tournament as a whole but uh, like you said you know uh, looking at their opponents in the group and looking at memphis depay and his teammates quality uh, i think netherlands will win this group and uh, i think after that it's it's going to be tough for them right so i think i'm i'm not too convinced about netherlands winning the group although i do think that that um they will do well and finish in the top 2 moving on to the team that i think will challenge them um and push them really hard in this group uh, is austria like you said uh, real madrid's new signing is their captain it's very interesting to see that he does play left left wing for them Uh, while being a defender at at club level um well balanced side like i said 
well coached, well drilled. They've got Marcel Sabitzer, who I'll be looking out for because I think Spurs are keen on signing him. Um, what are you looking at uh, from Austria in the in this tournament? What are your expectations, and how do you think they will do? Yeah, I want Austria to you know. I just want one thing from Austria is I'm praying you know whatever happens to the country, David Alba just doesn't get injured. That that's that's the only thing that I want from this team, you know, because considering how Madrid season has been this entire this this entire year. I'm hoping that no one else gets injured. So I'm hoping David Alaba does not come into the squad as an injured player. And I want him to get as much of game time uh, he can get. So I want Austria to do well in this tournament. Uh, but I think, uh, I mean, if I had to make a prediction right now, I think they'll come third in the group. And I think Ukraine will come second. A lot of people would disagree, but I think, that, I think in my opinion, that's going to be the case in this group. Yeah, so I think that is, that is a very bold prediction. Um, and... Just as you make that prediction, let's get into some of the big games and let's nail down some of the players that we are watching uh, in this tournament. Um, and finally, both of our predictions for it. So I think the main big game, this group isn't flooded with, with marquee matchups, but I think the game to look out for is Netherlands versus Austria on the 17th. Um, I think this will probably, in my opinion, decide first or second First and second, uh, you obviously disagree. So I think we can uh, put in Netherlands, uh, sorry, Austria versus Ukraine in there as well. Uh, and moving on to the players to watch, Ari, why don't you give us some of the names that you'll be keeping an eye on uh, in this tournament? Uh, see, I'd say uh, Zinchenko because he's on penalty duties, if I'm not wrong. Uh, Memphis Depay, Genie Wijnaldum, uh, Pandev because he's He's the only one who's going to be scoring for Macedonia if they're scoring. And uh, Marcel Sabitzer along with David Alaba in Austria. Right. So I have uh, Ryan Gravenberg from Netherlands, who's a player that I really like watching. Uh, he's, you know, this really amazing young talent from uh, the well-known Ajax Academy. We've got Daniel Marlin again from Netherlands. Again, a fantastic player. Uh, very young. So I'm looking at sort of these young players and, and, and the Dutch team does have uh, a, a lot of them. I'm looking at Marcel Sabitzer from Austria uh, in their midfield, because especially because I think Spurs are looking to sign him. Uh, from North Macedonia, obviously I've got my eye on Gordon Pandev. I've got my eye on Elif Elmas, who's their main midfield player, who I think will be the creator-in-chief if North Macedonia do accomplish anything in this tournament. From Ukraine, I think I'm going to go with the, I mean, sort of staple pick of Zinchenko because I'm I'm very interested to see him in that commanding captain's central midfield role. So, um, Ali, I'll get your predictions first. Uh, so, how do you think this group is going to go? I think Netherlands win the group. Ukraine comes second on the back of their impressive defense. Uh, Austria come third and unfortunately for the neutrals and unfortunately for anyone who loves underdog stories, North Macedonia come last. Right. Uh, so I am, I am pretty much I'm, my, the only difference between our predictions are second and third place. I'm going with Holland coming first. Um, Austria coming second. North Macedonia coming third and Ukraine coming fourth. Oh, that's, a, that's a 
Sorry. <laughs> I mean, Ukraine coming third, not Macedonia coming third. Uh, I'm not. I'm not making the Hungary group F <laughs> prediction again because, you know, I mean, I predicted it, and then Dominic Sobzilai got injured, and now, you know, it's on record that I'm predicting Hungary finishing above Germany, and I don't. I don't think that is going to happen. Um, but yeah, so I think that's all for Group C. Um, right, Ari. Moving on to Group A. This is my favorite group. Um, it's got some of the teams that I'm really excited about watching. In it, um, it's got my sort of outside favorite and predicted winner of the tournament in Italy. Uh, it's got my dark horse for the tournament in Turkey. Um, lots of quality players, lots of players that you know that aren't very mainstream, but will be very interesting to watch. Um, and I think apart from Italy, this is a very very well balanced team. Um, so. You know, let's get into it. I'm going to let you talk about Switzerland first, and then I'll come in with with Italy and the rest. Yeah, I think you know uh, Switzerland. You know they haven't really. You know uh, they've always qualified past the group stages like they did in at the World Cup in 2018 and at the Euros in 2016. But they have never in their entire you know this in his this manager's tenure they've never won a knockout game. So even if they qualify from the group stages, history tells us they won't reach the quarterfinals. They'll get knocked out in the round 16. But I think they are not qualifying from the group stages this year in itself because even though they have good individual quality in Granit Xhaka of Arsenal, uh, uh, Ricardo Rodriguez, who's, who's a penalty-taking defender who plays for Torino, who's played for AC Milan in the past, and uh, you know, M. Bolo, who, who's, who's a good young striker, and obviously Jan uh, Sommer, who looks like Rafael Nadal and plays for Borussia Mönchengladbach. So they have good individual quality, but I think the teams in their group, especially Turkey and Italy, are just better than them. Uh, but I would, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if Switzerland do pick Turkey for second place. Though I don't see that happening, but the, uh, if you sh- you all should not be surprised if they really pick Turkey for second place because I do really like the Switzerland team and I do really like the individual quality that they have. Right. Um, well, I mean, I do, just on the off, I do disagree with you on one point. I think this may be the group that uh, you could say, I think I am pretty certain that the third place team from this group goes through because I think this is going to be a very exciting and high-scoring group. So I don't think that, you know, because it is looked at in terms of goal difference and points, etc. I think the teams are pretty even. So you could see a lot of goals. You could see a high goal difference for the third-place team. Um, so I do think that whoever comes third in this group has a very high chance of going through. Uh, now, moving on from Switzerland, uh, let's talk a little bit about Wales before uh, we talk about, I think, the two teams that both of us are very excited to watch and talk about in Turkey and Italy. So, you know, Wales, they were the fairy tale story from last, uh, from the last tournament, uh, led by Gareth Bale and Chris Coleman as manager. They went to the semi-finals, lost out to a very good Portugal side that ended up being winners. They beat Belgium on the way. They gave England a run for their money. Bale was brilliant in that tournament. Ramsey was brilliant. Uh, Joe Allen was playing like the Welsh Pirlo. Um, and it was a sort of, there was a very good vibe around that team. Now, obviously, I don't think anyone expects Wales to replicate that, uh, the, the performance of the 2016 Euros. I think it's a big deal for them that they've made it into this 
uh, into the sec the second consecutive Euros and are looking good to make it into the World Cup next year as well. Um, so I think that's a big deal for them. And while I do say that nobody is looking at Wales to replicate the the performance of last tournament, I don't think anybody should sleep on Wales either. They've got Bale, who's got a point to prove. Uh, people talking about he may retire after this tournament. His future's up in the air. He wasn't played by Mourinho at Tottenham. When he played, he was brilliant. Um, he, you've got Ramsey, who's in a very similar situation. Wasn't played much at Juventus. Hasn't had a great season. These, Their two most talented players have a point to prove. On top of that, you've got a good young core of players. You've got Ethan Ampadu. You've got Joe Rodon. You've got Daniel James. You've got Harry Wilson. So, I mean, on the... You know, on first glance, this squad looks good. But I do think that there are certain issues that, that if um, if Wales don't iron out very quickly, they may be in trouble. I think Rob Page, who is the manager who took over from Ryan Giggs, uh, has to decide whether he's going to use the false nine like he has been using with Harry Wilson as a false nine, which is what I would like Wales to play and what I would like to watch Wales play. Or he goes... Uh, with a target man uh, as, as a forward. Now, obviously, like I mentioned, Rob Page took over from uh, Ryan Giggs as the manager after the entire Ryan Giggs scandal. Um, how is that? This is his first major tournament. How is that going to affect the team? Uh, and, you know, they are they are contending with the likes of uh, Turkey and Switzerland and Italy, who are very good squads. Um, I wouldn't write them off. Uh, and I'll, I'll, in my predictions, you'll see that I'm not writing them off. But, you know, I don't think this is the same Wales that, that uh, competed in 2016. And they will need a massive effort from some of their core talented players to, to, um, to get through to the next round and go far in this tournament. I mean, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, that 2016 run was, I think, one of the most iconic major tournament runs I've seen in my life. That uh, Robson Canoe goal against them uh, against Belgium, uh, that 3-1 victory. I mean, that was that, that was really a fairy tale for the team. Gareth Bale's free kick against England. Uh, I think that was really one of the you had to be there moments in in, in football. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like you said, you know, this Wales team is completely different. Uh, Gareth Bale is older, hasn't been playing much, is not at his peak. Aaron Ramsey hasn't been playing much. Joe Allen has disappeared since 2016, the 2016 tournament. Uh, but they do have new players now in Dan James, uh, Harry Wilson. Uh, but, I, but they also have a new manager who's never ever managed them in, in a major tournament. So I think it's a lot of a lot of pros and cons for this Welsh team. And a lot and of I, ifs, I think. There's a lot of unanswered yeah, questions. A lot um, of ifs. But I think know, it's just too I mean, soon the, for them. The the best thing about the question is that is that uh, is a strong answer. So you know, I think Bale Ramsey, they can they can really give the people that answer, and and that starts with the game against Wales. Let's see what they can do. Um. So yeah. So moving on from Wales and Switzerland to I think our two favorites for this group. Um. Uh, we'll talk about Turkey first, and then move on to Italy. So for me, Turkey are my dark horse pick, not just for this tournament, for this group, but for the tournament as a whole. I think this is a team that's really being slept on. I think they've got that good core uh, uh, of Lille players that have just won the league on 
Burak Yilmaz at times practically carried that little team. Um, they've got a fantastic pair of center backs with Demiral and uh, Soyuncu. Even Ozan Kabak, fine, he hasn't had a great season at Liverpool. But, you know, I mean, he's a very good player. Um, they do have a sort of a, they, their weak point is left back. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how they contend with Freddie Chiesa, Zoran Shakiri, and Gareth Bale in successive games running at at, at their left back. Um, but you know the rest of their defense is fantastic. They've got brilliant depth at centre back, like I just said. They've got Zeki Sidek, who is amazing at right back. They've got a fantastic midfield. They've got Ozan Tufan, Yusuf Yazidski. Um, they've got um, Yilmaz up front, Hakan Kalhanuglu. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. So I think this is a team to really get excited about. Their coach has experience. He's coached Turkey before, uh, Senol Gunesh. He took Turkey to the third place in, to, in the 2002 World Cup. So it's, I think Turkey is a team that, as a neutral, that you can really get um, that you can really get excited about. And if you haven't chosen a team to support or a team to follow in this tournament, I would really consider looking at Italy. Uh, not Italy, sorry. Uh, at at Turkey because I think this is a team that everyone can get excited about. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Turkey have some brilliant, brilliant players who, who are in form and the team is also in, in great form. I mean, they haven't lost their last 11-12 games if I'm not wrong, right? And, you know, uh, so I think, yeah, you, you've said a lot about Turkey and you've, you're absolutely correct. You know, Turkey are a team to watch the tournament and they are the dark horses. I mean, they can... I wouldn't be surprised if, if they beat a few good teams and do really well at this tournament. You know, some something like what Wales did in 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think what does work for for the teams going through in first and second in this group is that they play that they play second from Group C and second from Group B, which I think I mean according to our predictions is either one of Austria or Ukraine, or then I think we both did predict Denmark to go through a second uh, in Group B, which are not, which I mean, they're not easy fixtures, but they're not tough. I mean, you could easily make a case for either Italy or Turkey uh, beating those teams. Moving on to Italy. Um, I, I, I'm very glad to have, have Italy back in an international tournament. You know, it's been five years. Um, I grew up watching Italy play. Uh, one of the, I think my earliest football memory is the 2006 World Cup. Uh, final, um, Italy versus France, and I'm really, really excited about this team. I'm really excited about the young players they have. I'm excited about the management, and I'm extremely excited about the great pre-match jackets that they wear, <laughs> and 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 that third kit, the green kit, fantastic. I think if we were to do a kit ranking for the Euros, I think that's definitely up there, if not the best kit. Um, moving on to the more football side of things. I think they're my favorites for this group. And I'm making a bold prediction here. If I was to predict this tournament, I can see Italy winning it. I think they they don't have the weight of expectation like England, France, Belgium, Portugal do. Um, they're a good young team. They're a very good team. right? They play well together. I think, I think um, uh, Roberto Mancini is... If not the best manager, then the second best manager at the Euros behind Luis Enrique, um, who I think has sort of shown some flaws with his uh, squad selection. So I, I I can make the case for Roberto Mancini being the best manager in in um, 
at this tournament. Now, talking about some of their players, actually, let's first touch upon their form. I think I'm going to read out two stats which just signifies how good this Italy team under Mancini has been and how well they are playing. They have currently not conceded any goals in the last seven games. So seven clean sheets on the trot. And they, they are unbeaten in 23 games. They last lost to Portugal 1-0 in, 20, in 2018. Since then, been unbeaten in 23 games. They put in a performance where they beat San Marino 7-0 recently. Uh, no, I think they beat someone else 7 recently. They beat San Marino 9-1 a couple of months back. Um, you know, this is a good team. And I think the fact that they are sort of outside favourites for most people really works for them. But saying that, they do have a point to prove. They did not qualify for the World Cup in 2018. Chiellini, Bonucci uh, have a point to prove. Chiellini is captain. He wasn't back then, but he's now captain. He has a point to prove. There hasn't been much joy for Italy since um, 2006, you could say, because they weren't that great in the 2008 World Cup. Fine, they got to the final of the 2010 World, 12, World Cup, uh, 12 Euros, but you know, I think they were beaten so handsomely by Spain that there's a bitter, bitter yeah. taste in the mouth from that tournament. They weren't good in the 2010 World Cup. They weren't good in the 2014 World Cup. I think Antonio Conte really, really, you know, coached them to the to the quarterfinals um, with a below par squad in the 2016 Euros. So I think this is now Italy's time to prove themselves and put themselves back on the on the main stage of international football and really go for it you know i mean i mean i'll i'll, I'll let you i'll let you come in here and, and and talk about some of their players uh and how you analyze their squad and 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 what your thoughts are see i, I really like italy's midfield you know they have a, a player that i admire a lot in nico barella uh, you know, he's been absolutely brilliant for Inter. He's been good for Italy whenever he's played. And, you know, he's been a target for the biggest clubs in football in Madrid and Barcelona. So, I think he's a, re- he's a player that, you know, viewers should really look out for. And, of course, you know, his partner in midfield, Marco Verratti. I mean, you know, he's been, he's been up there and one of the best midfielders in the world for, a lot of, for quite some time now. And, you know, he's, 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 he's been playing well for PSG and Italy. Uh, so I think they have a good midfield, and obviously, you know, in attack, in attack, they have last season's golden shoe winner in uh, Giro Immobile. Uh, so I think he's a brilliant addition to this Italy team. They didn't have Immobile in the 2016 Euros. I think they had Raziano Pella, who was who were leading the attack, and they still reached the quarters. Imagine what they can do with Immobile and this form carrying them. Uh, you know, I'm I'm really excited to see how Italy play uh, at the Euros. I have really high expectations from the team. Uh, and I honestly, I, I see them reaching the semi-finals at least. I agree. I, I mean, like I said, I have them going far in this tournament. Um, or, although I do think their weak point is fullback, like um, like Turkey, and it'll be interesting to see them contend with Bale, um, Shakiri, and the likes of Kalhanoglu, etc. And I think Italy are sort of a little weak on transitions. Uh, they can get hit on the counter attack very easily. Uh, because I think while Chiellini and Bonucci are fantastic players and no one can deny that they're top quality centre-backs, they are slightly getting on in age and and um, they are going to be, they are a little bit slow. Now, the question is, does if that does happen and Italy don't have a good start to the tournament, say against Turkey, does Mancini go 
be bold and bring in Alessandro Bastoni, who is amazing. He's had a great season with Inter, and I think he could be, in the future. He is going to be leading Italy's backline, so we could see that happen. Um, but I don't think Italy will be troubled much in this group. I think they will go through first. Um, so before we make our final predictions, um, Ari, full of big games this group. I think everyone talks about Group F as uh, as the group of death. This may not be the group of death, but some of these games really excite me more than more than the games in uh, in Group F. We've got Italy versus Turkey to kick off the tournament on the 11th. We've got Turkey versus Wales on the 16th, uh, which could tell you a little bit about who's coming third. And if Wales are performing well, who's coming second? Um, I've also put in Italy versus Switzerland here because that'll that'll give you an idea of how Switzerland are doing uh, in the tournament. And if Switzerland can cause an upset, then maybe even they could go second or even first. I think this group is very open. I think I do think that Italy will come first, but I think this group is very open and definitely a group to get excited about. Um, are those the three games that you are also looking at or are you looking at Switzerland versus Turkey maybe to decide second place? See, yeah, I, I mean, it's really hard to choose games in this group. I mean, because like you said, it's a really open group. So, you know, Wales versus Switzerland, Switzerland versus Turkey, you know, all these games are really important to decide, you know, where each team will finish uh, at the end of the group stage. So I think for me, I'm finding it really hard to pick a few games uh, out of this group. Right. So moving on from games to players to watch out for. I This one was tough for me to choose because, I mean, there's a long, long, long list in this, uh, in this group that I could, I could um, reel out here. But I've managed to accommodate at least one player from each, each team. Uh, I've gone for Burak Yilmaz from, uh, I mean, plays for Lille. Obviously, plays for Turkey. He's leading the line. He's been brilliant for both club and country this season. And he's really one to watch. I think we were joking about Timo Puki in the last episode, how he'll be the one to get those three, four goals and like he was, uh, like he, how well he played in the Premier League. I think Burak Yilmaz is a player that will be, that will do very well. And I, I'd, I'd have him down getting maybe three, four goals as well. Um, on the FPL aspect, which I think we'll get into um, after we're done with this group, I, I'm not sure because I think he's rated at eight eight million. I think that may be a little too high. You could possibly get better options in and around that area. But if you have that much to spare, then for sure, Burak Yilmaz is definitely someone you should be looking at. Um, moving, moving on, I've got um, Barella. He's part of, in my opinion, the best midfield at this tournament uh, with Italy. Um, I think Barella will start. I think Jorginho will start. I think there's a slight question mark about uh, Marco Verratti's fitness, uh, as there always is in international tournaments. Um, I think even if Verratti doesn't start, you've got Manuel Locatelli. Um, you've got, I mean, massive depth at midfield, and you've got central midfielders that play the game beautifully. I think that's why this Italy Italy team is so amazing to watch. But definitely Nico Barella, definitely, definitely someone to watch. Um, I've also got Fred Chiesa. I'm not sure if he's going to start uh, or uh, Berardi will get the start over him. But definitely, if he comes on, if he starts, a player to watch for sure. Anyone who watches the Serie A and who watches Juventus will know how good he has been in a poor Juventus side this season. Uh, and I, I fully expect him to carry on that form into the Euros. From Wales, I've not gone with Aaron Ramsey. I've not gone with Gareth Bale. I've gone with Harry Wilson. 
he, if Wales do play the false nine, which it does seem like they will, is going to be uh, the number nine in that false nine. He's going to be integral to the way they play. He's young. I mean, he's got nothing to lose. This is his time to shine. Um, I could have chosen a host of other young Welsh players to go to to name, but I've gone with Harry Wilson. For Switzerland, I've gone with uh, Brie Lembolo. I think he's been around the Swiss team for a while. Um, he was highly rated a couple of years back. I think he's still very good. And if you're not looking at Shakiri and Zaka and the staple names in the Switzerland team, uh, you should be looking at Brie Lembolo. You know, if, if I had to pick one player, uh, you know, I'd pick Shakiri because, you know, it doesn't matter how he's playing for for his club, you know. Zerdan Shakiri always, always steps up uh, in, in the international tournaments. He scored a hat-trick at the World Cup, uh, you know, which uh, he scored a bicycle kick at the World Cup. Uh, last, uh, last Euros, he scored a goal from outside the box to force extra time, uh, force penalties against Croatia. So I think, you know, this is one person who always steps up for Switzerland and I'm pretty sure he's going to step up at the Euros this year too. Uh, in Italy, you know, you all, you've mentioned a lot of good players, you know, uh, but I'll be, look, I'll, keep, I'll be keeping a keen eye on uh, Insigne. Uh, he's really fast, he's really short and he's been there around the Italian scene for a long, long time. So, you know, the youngsters would be looking up to him, looking up, looking to him for guidance and I think he has a player with a lot of quality who can score a couple of goals, who can, who can provide good balls for, for Immobile to score a couple of goals himself. Uh, and uh, in Turkey, uh, I'll be looking at Hakan Kalan uh, Haglu. I think, I don't know how to pronounce his name properly. It's, it's really tough. I'm sorry. Uh, but, you know, he's had a brilliant season in Milan. He was linked to a move to the Premier League uh, in Manchester United. Uh, and, you know, he's a great, great uh, creative creative. Uh, creative force in this Turkish team and you know he's a player I would I would keep an eye on. Right. Now Ali moving on to the big one. I think along with Group S this is the toughest group to predict. So why don't you go on and give us give us your uh, four to go your three to possibly go through and your two to top the group. See uh seeing that Gareth Bale is in this group uh I'm I'm gonna speak in his language. Italy Turkey, Switzerland, Wales, in that order. That's a good one, if I say so myself. Um, I've gone for Switzerland in fourth, because I think this is a squad that's at the end of a cycle. Um, they've been good in previous, in I think the previous two tournaments, uh, that being the World Cup and the last Euros. But I think this youthful Welsh side will come third. Uh, this uh, saucy Turkey side will come second and um, the elite Italy side will come first. Uh, I'm really, really excited about this group. I see both the two teams that finish first and second going at least to the quarterfinals. I think they will will dispatch second place in Group C and second place in Group B, respectively. Um, So, I think the teams in this group uh, could be outside favourites for the tournament. Who knows? I think if you do come first in this group and win your round of 16 game, I think you probably will end up playing Belgium if they if they end up first in their group. But, you know, it's an international tournament. You never know who's going to end up where. But I'm definitely looking at, at these teams uh, with excitement and I'm really, really looking forward to, to Friday night when, when Italy kick off versus Turkey. So now finally moving on to uh, FPL. 
I think from both groups, there are some good picks. Um, there are some overpriced picks. Um, there's some picks that have good value. I would definitely be looking at some Dutch defenders. I'd be looking at possibly getting in Burak Yilmaz, maybe getting in uh, David uh, David Alaba because he'll be playing left wing. Um, possibly getting in... Um, an Italian midfielder, maybe someone like Chiesa, maybe someone like Lorenzo Insigne. Um, I would even double stack on uh, uh, Dutch defenders uh, for the first game week because they're playing Ukraine. Ukraine aren't scoring many goals. I'd look at Daniel James because I think he has been one of the most consistent players for Wales in the last two years, maybe Daniel James at a good price, uh, Harry Wilson at a good price. I think Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey may be slightly too high, although I do think Bale will get a couple of goals, whether it's from set pieces or, um, you know, his new role of taking, of getting in the box and, and scoring. But he does need to be provided with that chance. And um, unfortunately, Harry Kane is not playing for Wales. Uh, so I'm not too sure about uh, Bale. I'm still chopping, change, chopping and changing my team, but I have, I have uh, one, two, three, four, uh, four players from this group already. Uh, five players from this group already in, uh, and I'm possibly going to end up with I think at least four or five for the first game week. Well, who are some of the players you're looking at, Ari? Yeah, I have from both of these groups combined. I have four players in my team, uh, and two are Dutch. Uh, I. Heavily, heavily advise everyone to get Memphis Depay. He is in brilliant form. He's on penalties. He's on free kicks. He scored a couple of goals in the in the latest friendly. And you know he is he's a bit expensive, but I think he's worth every penny I have in my team. And I have a Dutch defender in Windal. I I think uh, I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, Windal. Uh, you know he's he's their uh, left back, and he's been providing them with a, with good assists. And you know like Rai said, uh, Netherlands are going to get a few clean sheets in the group. So I think he will get points from that. And he also has a good potential of getting a good attacking return in a few games. So I'll have him in my team. And I have Zinchenko in my team, you know, for one reason, because he's classified as a defender. But it is guaranteed that he'll start in midfield for Ukraine because he's been playing there all his life for, for the country. And he's also on penalty duties. And him being a defender really, you know, puts him... At you know, in FPL, in, in fantasy terms, make makes him a good asset in my opinion. And I have one player from Group A, and that is Lorenzo Insigne, because he's going to be playing uh, in attack for Italy on on the left wing, if I'm not wrong. And uh, in fantasy, he's a, a midfielder. So I think, uh, and he's not he's not very really expensive. He's eight or eight point five, if I'm not wrong. So I have in my team, uh, and these are the four players that I would you know advise you all to have in your team. Brilliant. Um... So I think that's it for our Euros group previews. Uh, what we do have uh, coming up uh, around the same time as this uh, episode releases is a comprehensive video on both YouTube and uh, Instagram TV where we're going to be with, um, uh, with a couple of guests predicting how this entire tournament goes. Uh, we, we like making early predictions even though we can be caught out and <laughs> be called out for being very wrong. But it's going to be exciting. We're going to be debating uh, who's going through from which group, who's going to make it to the final, and who's going to end up winning the tournament. Um, so do tune into that on YouTube. Um, definitely sign up for our uh, fantasy 
uh, Yoru League. Um, it's already up on Instagram and on, on our different social medias. Um, so definitely get in there. The winner gets a jersey like the like the Premier League winner, um, like the Fantasy Premier League winner of our league, I should say. Man City, I think, have their own jerseys. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely tune in. Thank you for listening today. We're going to keep you covered throughout this tournament. Uh, we'll be talking about the Copa America. Um, next week, we're going to have a big transfer episode. Um, definitely send in some questions for that, who your club wants to sign, who you'd like us to discuss, and what you'd like to see more of from the 18 Yards podcast. Thank you. Hope everyone is staying safe.